Hi, and welcome to Messy in the Middle. I'm your host, Jessica Lee. This is a podcast featuring real women's stories about their journey, the messy part, the trials and tribulations to get from recurrent miscarriage and infertility to baby. Join us as we talk, cry, laugh, and get unbelievably vulnerable to feel less alone in the gang that no one wants to be a part of. Hey, welcome back to Messy in the Middle. I need to apologise that I know this episode is being released late. Life has just been so hectic at the moment. There's TAFE, which I really wanted to have a break after this study period was finished, but I found out that you can't have longer than uh, a 90-day break, otherwise they unenroll you from the course. And at the moment, it's 100% subsidised by the government and I could possibly lose that, so I I can't stop. Um, So what I'm going to do is the next study period starts on the 16th of October. So I'm just going to enrol in one subject rather than two and hopefully just smash it out as much as I can before this baby arrives. And that brings me to the baby update. (laughs) Things got a little bit more interesting. So on release of this episode, I'm going to be right on 34 weeks. I had a scan two weeks ago at 32 weeks, and it was found that my cervix has shortened again, and it's also funneling. And I've spoken to the obstetrician at the hospital, and apparently, like, shortening is okay to a certain extent. Um, Your cervix does naturally shorten as you get further along anyway but it's the funneling that's the concern so I think it just causes your cervix to be a hell of a lot weaker Um, so there's a high chance that um, he's going to be coming early so at 32 weeks they brought me into the hospital and I had to have two steroid injections Um, they like to do that before you hit 34 weeks um, just as a precautionary measure Um, After 34 weeks, they don't really worry about it uh, because apparently there's been studies linked to the steroid injections and um, behavioural problems in early childhood. So before 34 weeks, the benefit outweighs the risk. After 34 weeks, um, it doesn't. So... Yeah, I just happened to be at 32 weeks, so they went ahead and did that anyway. Um, My doctor doesn't seem to think I'm going to go past 37 weeks. I'm now working full-time from home, which is, you know, it's good and it's bad. Um, I do miss the social interaction of my colleagues, and I've got a really amazing work environment. So, yeah, it's a bit bit of an adjustment. Um, I've also found that with working from home I'm obviously moving less and I'm getting a lot more swelling and calf cramps at night which are the worst but it's all just part and parcel of trying to keep him in for as long as we can um what was the other thing that was going on in life oh hubby got a new job um and his hours are 10 a.m to 7 p.m which is really shit for me um it means that I've got, you know, dinner, bath and bed all on my own. So and by the time I've done putting Thane to bed, I'm just exhausted. And, yeah, so that's why this is late. <laughs> but I've been recording 
for the last three Tuesday nights and I've got another three lined up um, all going well and this baby not arriving so at least I'll have a little bit of a backlog of episodes to go through um, and hopefully I can keep on track so that is my little update I hope you guys are all going well and I hope you enjoy this week's episode hi Liz thank you for joining me that's fine thank you for having me did you want to start off by telling me your age, where you're from, and who is in your family? Okay, so I am 30 years old. I'll be 31 in December. Um, from Northern Victoria, uh, up near Shepparton, between Shepparton and Echuca. Um, and at the moment, it's just myself and my husband. <laughs> um, and a little bub on the way, IVF baby on the way. 25 weeks so. 25 weeks amazing and how did your trying to conceive, conceive journey start sorry we went down to melbourne um for i'm type 1 diabetic so i went down to melbourne um to the royal melbourne hospital um because i was just sick of the run around that i was getting around here for my diabetes so i'm like oh Let's head back down to Melbourne. That's where I got diagnosed. Let's head back down, which was good. And then the endocrinologist pretty well asked me, what do you want? Said, well, um, I think I was 23 or 24 at the time. And I just said, I'm looking to get pregnant. I want to have a baby. We've been married for a year. Um, I want to have a baby. Said, right, we're going to transfer you to the Royal Women's. And it all started from there. Um, we... Went down and got my diabetes, I think it was after a year of being down there. So we started in 2018, um, got my diabetes a lot more in control. Um, and by 2019, um, we were in seeing a fertility specialist. Did you know, so that, I, sorry, did you know that your diabetes was going to affect your fertility? No. No, okay. No. How did you know to go and see someone about it before you started trying? So we were trying for, like, we got married in 2017. So we started trying in 2016 to have a, like, just started trying naturally. Yeah. Um, and nothing had happened in that year. Right, okay. Like, oh, okay, cool. We'll give it another year. Maybe it's the stress of the wedding. Maybe it's just, it is what it is. And then, yeah, by the end of 2018, I'm like, Some, something's wrong. Mm. So we had all the testing done on hubby um, and it come back as he's got low, motil or, um, low motility yeah. um, and his sperm was the wrong shape. Okay. So, and then we're like, oh, okay, well, we can still get pregnant by, like, by that. We'll try for another year. And then, yeah, 20, it was 2019, we ended up in September 2019. We went and seen a fertility specialist then and they said, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Ran all the tests on my a AMH, I think it is. Really high a AMH. Um, just continue to try. And then I think it was February I went for, I was meant to go for an ultrasound where they put the dye through your tubes. They said to me, we are not putting this dye through your tubes. We can tell you right now, they are blocked. They could see it. 
Yeah, right. So I had hyper, hyper I don't know what it's called. Um, but yeah, both tubes were blocked. And by so yeah, February twenty twenty, that was we found out that my tubes were blocked. Um, by May twenty twenty, I was in having surgery. We just gone into lockdown, so that was weird. Like it would like, I think I was meant to have. Yeah, I was meant to have surgery in March, on the 27th of March, my nephew's birthday. We went into lockdown the day before. They cancelled the surgery because it was elective. So I went in on May the 15th, I think it was, in 2020, and had adhesions removed, fibroids removed, endometriosis on my left-hand pelvic wall. Yeah, right. Um, and I think my right tube removed because they saved my left tube. So there was no way of unblocking it. It was no. unsalvageable. No. Yeah. Unsalvageable, yeah. I said to them, look, if you can save them both, if you can save them both, that'd be great. If you can't, please just try and save one. Mm. I was, I think I was, what, 20, I think I was 27 at the time, 27 or 28 at the time. I think I was, yeah, 27, and I'm like, I don't want to be medically infertile this early. No, so they waited a long time before they really did any investigative surgery. Yeah. The of things. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, I couldn't. We sort of said, we'll try and we'll try, and then we're like, uh, maybe we should go and see, a fertil- like, a fertility specialist, and we ended up going publicly, which was amazing I'm not gonna lie there was a doctor that was like oh you should come privately and I just he was how can I sort of put it like he was um very rude and just straight to the straight to not to the point but just beating around the bush a little bit and I'm like I want answers just don't say oh I want you to come to my clinic like yeah and I ended up putting a complaint in about him because he was just so rude and just I didn't feel that I got any answers, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and we never, never seen him again, which is good. But yeah, no, we got, we got answers. Um, that's what, what was going on. Like I had yeah. two block two. They saved one of, like they saved one, and then we started IVF in, I think it was October twenty, yeah, October twenty twenty. We tried from. Yeah, six to eight weeks because I was done via keyhole. Um, like in May, I was done in yeah, done via keyhole. So I had six to eight weeks of recovery, and then mm. we decided, oh, we'll try naturally again. Yeah. Until September. Then by September, I'm like, nah, I'm done. Let's go back and we'll start IVF. And mm. that's what we did. And I think I put my day one in September in, and they said, nah. No, not this time because COVID was still rampant. Yeah. Um. So I done it the next month. It, it was a lot like it was, it could have been a lot longer, but it was still a long process. Like you're still going through a period and you're still going through that pain and you're still going through, I'm not pregnant. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. 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 So, and then we went away was a grand final weekend I don't think it was grand final weekend but it was October end of October start of November what's it called horse racing 
yeah I think we went away for Melbourne Cup weekend and I got my period and I rang them rang them with day one and I think it was Melbourne Cup day we found out we're going down and then we started that pre- process how were you feeling going into IVF honestly shit scared I didn't know what to expect I had no one that had I had no friends that had done it all my friends had had kids mm. so I had I had no one that had done it I actually it's probably going to sound really stupid TikTok oh okay the community on TikTok yeah right yep yep community on TikTok just I opened up and went searching a little bit, I guess you could say, and yeah, yeah found community on TikTok and yeah. yeah, I actually I'm actually talking with one of the girls now that I like she's watched my whole process. I've watched pretty well her whole process. Um and we're both pregnant together. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. So yeah, yeah, it's bloody special. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was absolutely shit scared. Like, I had support from my family, my husband's family, and some friends. I actually lost a lot of my friends. Oh, really? Going through IVF, yes. Why do you think yeah. that was? Because I had to put me first. Okay. I had to put me and what we were going through first, and they didn't understand that. That's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. It's like your friend, your circle can really start showing their true colours when you're going through the And they did. They all did. Mm. They all did. Not one of them has, like, stood beside me and asked how I was. Not one. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Were you happy to just close the door on those friendships and I was hurt. I was very, very hurt. I'm not going to lie. I was so hurt. Um... And I'm still, I still hold that grudge. I really do. Like I still very much so hold that grudge. I um, that. Yeah, like I've I've wiped them from some of my social media, but I still have them on Instagram. Like I don't post a lot on there, anyways. Mm-hmm. But they can still see what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's sort of just my way. Of, going to sound very petty my way of sort of rubbing in their face of well I didn't need you yeah it's the easiest way to sort of put it no that's fair enough yeah yeah that's sad and it's hard yeah I lost like a lot like a fair few of my friends um but I gained my god did I gain that's kind of the beautiful thing about this whole you know, infertility community that we all just kind of come together. We have each other's back, yep. and yep, TikTok. There is so much on. There's so much on there, and you just comment, and you get something back, and you follow each other. You 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 watch each other's journey. Like it's just mm. like I, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got nothing. <laughs> like it's just it's beautiful. Like it's amazing. Mm. And you need that support when it's such an isolating journey. Exactly right, exactly right. And someone that understands that this is what I'm going through right now and they've been there, they've done that, they've, mm. they understand 
your point of view, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They understand on another level that other people just can't. Just can't. Yeah. Can't wrap their head around and they're just like, huh, how does that work? And it's like, well, I don't know, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how did your first IVF cycle go? So our first IVF cycle, I'm not going to lie, was shit. Was shit. I ended up with um, OHSS, um, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. Yes. It was only a very, very mild case. Um, so what symptoms do you get with that? Bloating, just feeling lethargic, just don't want to eat, don't want to move. You just feel crap, like yeah. like a period, like but 10 times worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then if, I don't ever remember what it was, was, if you're in, like, severe pain, like, you can't, like, you're, like, completely, like, cannot do anything, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah, because your ovaries, yeah, your ovaries, I think your ovaries expand. Yeah. And it puts fluid um, in your abdomen and in your lungs and, can potentially yeah, actually can be, kill you. Yeah, I've heard it can be quite yeah. dangerous. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Other than the OHSS, we had the 19 eggs collected. I think oh, 12, oh, this is where I get confused. We had 19 eggs collected, 12 fertilised, and we got four embryos. So mm-hmm. we got good grading embryos. Yeah. Not the best, but four good grading. Yeah. Is that just Which the grading they give them or did you do the extra testing no 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 that's the grading they give them yeah yep. so they were yeah yeah so five day i think we had one five day blastocyst and three six day blastocysts so they um kept them um in the incubator that ex sorry that extra day yeah just so we had more because they were a little bit slower mm-hmm. than the first one but yeah they were plasters i think Three of them were five BBs and one of them was a four BB. Okay. So, yeah. And then you had your first transfer? First transfer was on the 16th of December. That was the most hardest out of all my transfers. That was the hardest because I had to go in. I had to go in by myself. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, not knowing not knowing what's going to happen, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to hurt? Like, yeah, for sure. And that, I think that was like my biggest thing is, holy shit, is this going to hurt? Like, mm. is this going to be painful? Like, where's my husband? Like, yeah. this is an us thing. This is this isn't just a me thing. Like, did he wait outside for you, or did yeah, you just... he did? Yeah. yeah, like, and I called him and I had him on the phone the whole time and. It just, it just, it wasn't the same though. Like, yeah, with the other ones, yeah, yeah. It just, it's nice to have someone there to hold your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. and just talk you through it and say you're gonna be fine. Like, the easiest way to explain an embryo transfer is pretty much as a pap smear. Right. Okay. The cannula is that thin, and you don't feel literally anything. Okay. You've got a full bladder and they push the ultrasound. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. always fun. 
They're just yeah. prepping you for like, pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just you just sort of say to them, "I'm gonna pay." Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, no, no, we'll get it over and done with very quickly." <laughs> but when they transfer, it's the most magical thing. Most magical thing. I won't lie. You see this little. It's like a little shooting star. I guess you could oh, you really? you could call it, and it's just. It's amazing, amazing. Do they have it on a screen for you to watch? Yeah. 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 And they usually take, because you can actually see where the embryo is, if that makes sense. So I don't understand how you can see it. I don't understand how they do it. But you can actually see where the embryo is sitting in your uterus. It's yeah, amazing. amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so cool. Just with, I just had a thought. Um with your uterus having like the endo, the adhesions, the fibroids, was your lining still okay? Yes. I don't know how, but my lining was where it was meant to be. They actually, sorry, should have explained that. Um, so they oh, day eight of your period. So cycle, yeah, cycle oh, day eight. Yeah. Um, you're going for an ultrasound. They see how many follicles you've got because you actually go on to medication, so injections. They're fun. Um, if you're not on injection, or oh, you'll be on injections. Um, so you start off, I think, for the first three days, I think. So you start on day three of your period. You go first two or three days on one injection, mm -hmm. and then you go to two injections a day for oh. up to 15 days. Um I was also on letrozole. I mm -hmm. don't know if you don't I don't know if you know what that is. Um that also stimulates your ovaries as well. So I was on yeah, the letrozole and the oh, I forgot what it's called. I was on yeah, two injections a day, then the letrozole on top and then I think after 11 to 12 days, you have the Ovidril, Ovidril, I think it's called, which is your trigger. Right, yeah. And that um, allows for five days, like five days afterwards, they collect the eggs, which is, yeah, but if you have, if you end up with OHSS or end up high risk, if you have, I think it's more than 18 follicles, they mark you high risk for OHSS and they give you another trigger, which I'm not sure. I've forgotten the name of that. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, they give you, yeah, and that's two needles again. So you've got to have four needles that day. <laughs> oh, that's Were crazy. you doing it yourself? No, so, uh, no, I was doing the, oh, I've just thrown it out too. I was doing the one that, of uh, the, I was doing the one that stimulates your ovaries. My dad and my husband were doing more my dad because hubby, no. Nah, I nah, couldn't he's do doing, it either. Yeah, no. Nah. He's like, that is yeah. going to be your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um more my dad because I'm type 1 diabetic. He, I, I'm type 1 diabetic, can't give myself needles. Oh, <laughs> as you said that, yeah. I was like, needles should be nothing for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep, no, no, full of tattoos, full of everything else, needles, no, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yep, so yeah, 
my so I was doing the one that stimulates. Hubby and Dad were doing the one that stop you from ovulating, and then when I did have to take the Ovadrill, which is the one that makes you ovulate in yeah makes you ovulate i done that one because the needles were fine but the other other ones that you did when like you triggered my dad or my husband done them as well because they were thicker needles yeah okay they were yeah oh that was crap god they hurt and bruise oh my god yeah oh my god show me their bruises and i was like oh my god you poor things yeah 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 it's full on yeah and i'm only on baseline like base everything yeah and i still like get ohss because i've got the good um ovarian yeah yeah. amh yeah 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 i've got yeah good ovarian reserve which is really good that is good so you had your first transfer you're now into the two-week weights that was the hardest two-week weight everyone was looking at i'm i'm I was a big, like, not a big drinker, but I'd always have a drink in my hand. Christmas Day, my birthday is the day before Christmas, and I'd always have a drink in my hand on Christmas Day. Everyone looked at me, and I had family look at me, and they're like, oh, you're all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, why? Why? Oh, we've just noticed you're not drinking. Oh, oh, we've just done an embryo transfer. Oh, what? Like, (laughs) it was was news to a lot of people. Like, we didn't really boast about it I guess you could say sort of kept it very close and very close knit to just very close family yeah that two-week wait that first two-week wait that's brutal yeah that that was brutal as hell like brutal as hell did you test early yep (laughs) so we knew that I wasn't pregnant unfortunately still broke us just because we're like oh yeah yeah hopefully but yeah, yeah no. of course, like you go through this yeah. whole process, like there's just an added layer of complexity when you're heading down IVF, like there's the financial aspect, there's all the medications and the hormones and like you are yeah. truly invested in this. Yeah. And yeah. then to have a negative outcome, yeah, that's really hard. You just go, holy crap, like why didn't it work? Was it me? Was there something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Mm. You you question yourself and you really do, like mentally. Mentally, it just, <laughs> I have how nothing you, for it. Like, how were you coping mentally? Not well. And when we got that no, that's when it hit, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Like, yeah, that's when it really hit. And I was like, shit. We had, I reckon we went again in March the next year. Like, I had three months off just to get me right that takes a lot to be able to take that break as well and I really commend yeah. you for doing that because that's it's that, really hard when you you get tunnel vision for wanting a baby and wanting that positive test and then yeah. stopping does seem like a setback mm. but mm. if it's going to improve your mental health it's only going to help you with yep. your resilience and strength along the, the rest yep. of your journey yep no that's exactly right then I think, yeah, we went in February, it was either February or March and that one didn't take. So number two didn't take. It wasn't as brutal. Is it we, because you we, kind of had a better idea of what to expect this time around? Yeah, yeah, somehow, yeah. I I knew what I was in for. 
if that makes sense. Like, mm. we thought that I may have been because I was actually very, very, like, I was had all the symptoms. But then you're put on, put on a protocol and you're given progesterone. And that progesterone throws all the same um, symptoms as pregnancy. And that's crap. Like, and it's crap. Yeah, it just it's messes crap. with your head even more. Yep, yep, yep. And then they say, oh, you can get depressed with progesterone. Like, oh, for God's sake, like, how am I going to balance this with that? Yeah. And then, yeah, like, then you get to know, like, I tested, again, I tested early. Um, Hubby was at work. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, test. No, I shouldn't have tested. Shouldn't How can have you tested. not, though? Yeah, yeah. And then the third we done, I reckon that was June. So you're having pretty was. decent breaks in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentally, I mentally I had to. I just, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't coping mentally. The third one, the third one really, really got us. Um. I think my mum ended up with COVID. So we were in isolation from my mum for the whole 14 days. Yeah. Like, and I didn't have my mum to bounce off of. And we were locked in the room, like we were locked in our room because we were living with my parents at the time. And my dad ended up with COVID and then... Yeah, we were we ended up being locked like confined to our room for the fourteen days and yeah, okay, we didn't get COVID, but <laughs> we were still confined to our room. Like it was a good it was a good time and a shit time. Like after I think it was seven days we ended up going out because we were negative all that time anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, after seven days we were allowed out and about. Um just had to wear a mask. Um, so we went to Bendigo and went to the Elvis that, yeah, that, yeah, went to the Elvis, um, thing and just got out for the day. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't test with the third one. Um, we, I think we thought I may have been again, cause I was pretty crook again, but then yeah, nah, nah. And then end of July, uh, August, yeah, August, we, we went for our fourth round, um, after, sorry. June so I had not really my uncle but he was very very close family member family friend that was pretty well at uncle pretty well Mm -hmm. yeah my great uncle he's seen me grow since I was a baby he's watched my mum grow up watched her grow from a baby he ended up passing away from COVID complications so we went to his funeral in the July, June, July, not too sure now. And I had had all my, all these um, recurrent transfer um, tests run. Okay. Yeah, for um, recurrent implantation failure tests. Yeah. And they I was going to ask at what point do yeah. they do more yeah. tests? Like, three, you can't just keep after having three failed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, after three failed. Um. So, yeah, after three failed, we had the yeah, recurrent transfer test done and it was found that I carry Um, I carry something that could be treated with steroids right but I'm type 1 diabetic and you can't have steroids 
you give me steroids and mm. my reading my reading is going to go completely up every time yeah i can't have steroids at all cuz my diabetes will run high the whole time right okay i was um in contact with my endocrinologist and she was like if you need to do it but i'd much rather you not and i'm like and they the specialist was like no nah, we're not even going to not even going to um, run so uh, do that because you are diabetic so they're okay. like how's about you go and have another ultra we'll book in for another ultrasound because that was a part of it too yeah but we had our fourth transfer done before so that and that was our final out of that egg collection yeah so we done that before we done the ultrasound right okay which I'm sort of I'm kicking myself for doing it but at the same time, I think we were just eager and just had our mindset that if it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's not, it's not. So we we done that transfer and that transfer didn't work. And then August, August is 20-something. I reckon it was the 29th of August, which was my auntie's birthday. We found out that my other tube was blocked and um. I had to have it removed. Like, And that was a big pill to swallow at 29 years old you're being oh yeah 29 years old you're being told that you are going to lose your infertility your, your fertility yeah that would be really hard to it was cope with. yeah a huge huge pill to swallow I lost I, I, I mentally lost it I'd been saying from I reckon when we were doing the transfer the third transfer and the fourth transfer I'm like oh Something's a little bit tender. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just your ovaries. Maybe they're just a little bit too stimulated. Just see how you go. But then I got into the ultrasound and I was like, when they were over on my left side on my with my left um, tube, I'm like, that's really sore. And he goes, that's because it's blocked. They can tell by ultrasound. He goes, that's because it's blocked. And I'm like, well, why is it hurting? You know, it's because it was blocked with fluid, but that fluid was leaking, if that makes sense. Okay. And that leaking fluid was going into my uterus, which was irritating. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was just irritating and sending pain. Like, And that's what they put it down to was these, this is the reason why none of these embryos have taken. Because whatever fluid this is that's leaking into your uterus, it's toxic killing the embryos before they have a chance to stick. Yeah, interesting. So I had my left tube removed by a keyhole again um, in November, on the 11th of November, 2021. January, yeah, January 20, sorry, 2022, sorry, 2021, sorry. Yeah, no, 2022, 11th of, the 11th, the 11th, 22. I had my left tube removed. January, I reckon it was the 29th of January, um, or thereabouts, 20, 27th, 29th, 2023. Um, I went in with my uh, cycle day one. Yep, yep, yep. Let's go through another egg, egg collection. All right, cool. Again, we had our eggs collected on the 6th of February. Um, I ended up with more mild okay oh yeah I ended up with mild 
OHSS this time. It wasn't high risk. I ended up with mild OHSS. I had 17 eggs collected, 16 were mature. I think seven fertilised overnight, not one. One. One embryo. Jeez. One embryo out of those seven. What do they put that down to? Is that egg quality or sperm quality or both? Or uh, very Between grading, this lot was between grading, um, but this embryo, the, this one embryo was a, a 3AB. Okay. So that's so good. So in April, April the 11th, five months after I had surgery and had my tube removed, fifth transfer, and here she is. <laughs> that 3AB is our They say it only takes one, doesn't it? That 3AB is our Nemo. Oh, that's such a long journey that you've been on. I reckon Huge. it was, yeah. 2020, we first started in 2020. And then, with yeah. the IVF? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, surgery. Because, yeah, that's not even counting the years that you were trying naturally. Naturally, we tried for seven years. Yeah, but, yeah, it, they everyone kept telling me it only takes one, it only takes one. It must be so hard to believe. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, but after yeah. having so many not work and, like, I'm sure – finding out that your tube was blocked as well was it did it feel like another setback it did yeah yeah I was like well that's three months that we have to wait now for surgery and I'm just like like I was calling them like nearly every week and just being like is there any cancellation is there any cancellations yeah Um, and they said no we'll give you a call give you a call give you a call I got a day I got a phone call the day before we're at my in-laws and they said can you come down and I looked at my husband and I looked at my father-in-law and I said, F it, we're doing it. Make it happen. Five months later, the 11th, the literally the 11th of April, we had that transfer. April? Yeah, April, March, April. 11th, yeah, no, <laughs> 11th of April, five months later. And I was pregnant. Like it was. How crazy was that it was that your tubes and whatever was dripping into your uterus creating such a toxic environment yep. for the embryos yeah that's all I could put it down to which is absolutely freaking crazy like it, it is crazy because like you remove both and then yeah then yeah. you fall pregnant it's like shouldn't work like that but it does yeah <laughs> sometimes these things make no saying, sense but keep saying to hobby like yeah okay IVF avoid your like diverts your tubes anyways but I have no tubes like <laughs> yeah IVF you know, is your only option ever yeah. yeah yeah and it's like it's it's not like I lost my tubes because of an eptopic or anything mm. like that it, they were blocked it's just crazy like five months after having my tube removed like to the day did like when in the early days when you were first trying did you guys talk about how many kids you wanted I always said I wanted three. Hubby was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I always said to Hubby, I'm like, I want two boys and a girl. Okay. Like, all right. I'm like, we can at least, like, because Hubby's the last, Hubby's the last one that can carry on his last name. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you find out what you were having? Yes. So we're having a little girl. <laughs> um, congratulations. 
Thank you. Yeah, just having a little, little girl. <laughs> How's the pregnancy been? First 16 weeks, <laughs> I was so sick. Oh, were you? Oh, my God. But thank God for rest of it. Like, um, rest of it is literally the only thing that has saved me. Like, I was taking other, like, two other medications as well, and I'd, like, end up puking after one of them. And then the other one wasn't too bad, but I was still booked. Oh, so feeling good now, not so sick? Yeah, yeah, not not so sick. Like, I've actually been able to get up out of bed, not have to just lay there and just be like, oh, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the early days, I feel so sorry for my mum, but she got, a, she got the best laugh out of it. Did she? I'm sitting in her car and I had a sip of, um drink I was oh god I was feeling so sick that day and I'm like all right I'm not gonna be sick I'm not gonna be sick I'm not gonna be sick talking myself out of it mm-hmm. grab the bag and I'm just like <laughs> mum's just like you're right and I'm like mm-hmm. grab the bag again and I'm just like Bleh. and she's just driving along and I'm like why can't I <laughs> oh no <laughs> just, oh it just kept going and going and I'm just like looking at my mum going why can't I stop spewing like between spewing and she's just oh, like, oh, poor my thing. God. Yeah, got home and I'm just like, I'm going to bed. I'm staying in bed. The first, oh, God, I, we knew, we knew with this one um, that I definitely was because I had literally all the symptoms. I was crook for, um, I reckon, maybe a week after transfer. Yeah, okay, really early. I was, I was crook. God, I was crook. Hubby's like, oh, okay. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I might be. And then I think it was, yeah, Mother's Day. <laughs> Mother's Day was the first time I actually was sick. So I'm like, oh, like, yeah, first time I was actually, like, like spewed. So mm-hmm. Mother's Day. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> Made it memorable for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just amazing, like, and... We done harmony test and so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, if there's anything wrong, I want to know. And yeah, all that, everything's come back clear. Have like, you had any anxiety throughout the pregnancy or have you felt okay? A little bit of anxiety, like, oh, I'd say a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a very anxious person as it is anyways. Um, okay. So with my periods, I used to get um, PMDD. So I was always on the anxious side of everything. And it used to heighten with my period. Okay. Just with the hormonal fluctuations. Yeah. Yeah. Hormonal, really, really bad. Used to be really bad. And I'd just, I'd lose the plot. I'm not going to lie. I would absolutely freaking lose the plot. There are still times during pregnancy that I still do overthink. And my anxiety just goes stupid. And I'll call my husband like five times, six times a day. And just be like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but you need to reassure me that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And he's just been brilliant. Like, through this whole pregnancy, he's just just through everything. Yeah, I was going to ask how your relationship fared throughout the whole journey. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the hell we've done it. Like, I look back now and I'm like, holy shit. This is the sort of stuff that makes or breaks. Like, 100%, yeah. And we've made it we've made it to here, like Mm. still standing. Like they say the first 
seven years of marriage are your hardest. We've been married for six. We've been going through IVF for the last three years. And here we are. We've we've made it to the other side. And I think it just gives you hope that when, like, it's preparing you for parenthood as well and yeah. all the stresses that come with that, like yeah. with the sleep deprivation yeah. and, yeah. like, you're yeah. still on edge. Your emotions are still very heightened. Like, Oh, no, definitely. Everything's just amazing. But then at the same time, like, we went through our hard years hard yards too like mm. we don't fight we don't argue we don't fight we don't we have little disagreements mm. but we never go to bed angry yeah never we always talk it over so um I'm, I'm hoping um this little one has her father's temperament if she doesn't we are screwed <laughs> I know, I'm very quickly realising that my son is a lot like me. He's three and holy hell, it's like <laughs> I've, I've actually created a monster. Yep, I am. I'm scared. <laughs> like, I'm like. And rightly so. Because <laughs> she's probably going to be exactly like you. Yep. But then if she's like her father as well, so he's very pig-headed. And... Mm. Oh, they'll oh. get the best parts of you, honestly. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully she gets dad's temperament and his patience. I, I don't have the patience. I think that really you will develop that very quickly through our um, parenthood. My brother says to me quite regularly, he's like, I didn't realise how patient you actually were. And it's like, they don't give you a choice. No. Like, no. You, you kind of have to be. Yeah. Like you might be like absolutely losing it on the inside, but outwardly. Yeah. It's like you look yeah. cool, calm and collected. I can handle this situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like so excited like for everything. Like it's finally our turn. As silly as that may sound, like No, it doesn't at all. We finally get to go through what my sister in or my yeah, my sister in law's gone through with my nephew and my niece and Yeah. It's just like ha 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 like <laughs> I get to now do that. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yes, yes, thank you. I know you're not even through the first one yet, but would you consider going back again and trying for a sibling? If or are you going to see allows, how it goes? Yeah. And time allows and our body allow, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Depending, I, I'd love to. Mentally and emotionally, yeah. That's Just wait and see where you're at. Yeah, see where, yeah, I'm at. Like, hobby, physically, mentally and emotionally. Like, he didn't go through a lot, but he's seen what I went through. And physically, oh, sorry, mentally and emotionally, he went through that as well. So, yeah. Were you seeking he's... outside help for mental health? Yes. Yeah. Yep, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely am. Um. Hubby's very conserved, like conserved, so he will talk to me about it, but he doesn't open up a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of males and <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And like going to speak to someone isn't for everyone either. But mm. if you feel like that's what you need and you're taking action on that, then that's yeah, yeah, that's started, amazing. Yeah, I started back a little while before I think this started IVF. I um. And she rings right at the right time. 
stupid as it may sound, she always rings right at the right time. Yeah, just knows when you're in need. Does that sixth sense, yeah. Mm. I think it's so important to have someone like that in your corner though as well. Definitely. Because IVF and everything is so clinical and the doctors are great, but it is, it's a clinical setting. Yeah. They're not quite nurturing. Yeah. And you need, you need that other side of it, 100%. Yeah. Actually, that is something I gave when we went in for our first ultrasound. I look because the um, the specialist that actually done our embryo transfer walked past, and I went, "You done an embryo transfer seven weeks ago?" And he goes, "Yep." And I said, seven weeks pregnant." He gave me the biggest cuddle, and he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Like, he's like, "That is like the best thing I've ever heard." Like, and I just I gave like I just cuddled him back, and I'm like, "Thank you," like, "Just thank you." That's and he goes, so nice. "That's that's awesome." Like. It's just crazy. And actually, the clinic that we went through has actually closed now. Oh, have they? So they're no longer doing um, it through the women's hospital. So uh, Yeah, so you'd have to find a new clinic and kind of start yeah. all over again. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we'll don't have to start all over again because we've got, I think it's just, I think it's just like literally called the Fertility Clinic, which is okay. in East Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, we were travelling three hours one way as well for all this. Wow. Yeah, three hours one way. So seven-hour round trips for a 10-minute ultrasound or blood test. It ended up getting to blood test because our system up here is crap. Is it really? They won't get blood tests back until, like, a day later. And we needed those blood tests done, like, and I was having them done early in the morning and they weren't getting them back until later the next, like, later the next, oh, not later, but, yeah, yeah, pretty late the next day, which is crap, which is, yeah, really, really crap. Just goes to show that you're so dedicated to the cause and it has paid off, thankfully. I wouldn't change it, like. Yeah, okay, we went we went about everything backwards and we're still living with my parents, but if we weren't living with my parents, like we wouldn't have we won't we wouldn't be here. No, exactly. It's like you gotta weigh up the financial pros and cons yeah. to it and, and the and cost yeah. of living these days, holy hell, yeah. like what other choice yeah. do you have? Exactly right. Like and now we're in our own house, like we've got our own place. That's I'm pregnant. Great. Everything's just fallen into place yeah and I wouldn't change the way we've done it like at all so happy for you thank you (laughs) have you come to terms with the fact that tubes are gone they were obviously the cause of the problem and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it I really am like I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole fact that I'm pregnant without my tubes I'm grateful as anything but it's still I don't know how to put it (laughs) (laughs) it's still like it doesn't work that way you know what I mean like yeah oh the magic of medicine and science hey I know right a little bit of science Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the dedication of the like the nurses and the amount of times that I rang those poor nurses (laughs) I'm like um am I meant to be having spotting am I meant to be having this am I meant to be having that they're like I'm sure they're used to it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, calm down, it's probably 
um, implantation bleeding and like really this early? <laughs> it's just yeah, it's crazy, amazing but crazy. Definitely. Just a roller coaster ride, like between emotions and heightened hormones and mm-hmm. trying to navigate day to day and hour to hour, minute yeah. by minute, like yeah. And I still have, like, outbursts now where I'm just like, oh, I'm feeling good. And then, oh, like, I need to take that step back and sit down and just chill for five minutes. Like, yeah. I still have that, like, but I wouldn't change it for the freaking world. Finally made it. <laughs> you have. And it's so exciting. When's your due date? Or when so you... my due date is the 28th of December, Um, but I'm going for a cesarean, um, yeah. an elective cesarean because i'm type 1 diabetic it is recommended anyways to go for a oh, cesarean. okay yeah they won't allow me to go any further than 38 weeks mm-hmm. if i make it to 38 weeks so okay um it's gonna um classed as high risk um because of my diabetes um and a lot of diabetic babies and pregnancies the babies are a lot bigger than you know uh, yeah okay so it's kind of like similar to gestational diabetes where they're generally yeah. on the larger side yeah yeah right yeah. so yeah yeah diabetic bubs are usually a little bit bigger than is there know. a higher risk of her having diabetes as well um because I'm type one hubby doesn't have it on his side of the family um but because I'm type one I think it's got a 25 percent chance okay I think yeah, yeah. So there is huge. still that that chance. Yeah. 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 Which this is where it's so silly because it jumped a generation. So it jumped my mum and her cousin's generation, but it hit the two eldest girls. Yeah, right. So it hit, yeah, the two eldest girls, like, so the two second cousins. Didn't hit any of the boys, but just the two girls. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. All right, to finish off, what's one piece of advice you would give to other women still struggling to have a baby? Don't give up. Don't give up. Mm. It only takes one. I know it's hard now. It's not going to be hard forever. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep, like, I advocated, 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 advocated. Advocated, yeah. yeah. I advocated a lot for myself. If that's what you need to do, do it. Mm. Push. Ask questions. No question is a silly question. Keep pushing. Just, yeah. If something doesn't, if something's not sitting right, tell them. Like, tell them and ask a question and just don't give up. Just don't give up. There's so many other ways of having a bub. Like, there's IVF. There's, if you can't use your own eggs or your husband's sperm or your partner's sperm, there's surrogacy, there's they're now doing donations. They're, mm. You can donate eggs, you can donate sperm. It's amazing. Like Yeah, there's it, so many more opportunities these days. So many more opportunities now, finally. And that's only just opened up. Yeah, I just I just say don't give up. It only takes one. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. That's okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Messy in the Middle. 
My main goal for creating this podcast is to ensure other women going through the struggles of infertility and baby loss don't feel alone along this very isolating journey. I want to be able to reach as many women as possible and in order for me to do this I would really appreciate if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. Also, if you have any feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear, please get in contact with me through the Messy in the Middle Instagram page. Sending you so much love and strength on your journey to baby.